You're now listening to Stouffville Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. Last week we were uh, sharing some vision stuff and I was talking about uh, being thirsty. You remember? Thank you. At least four of you. Um, and, and how being thirsty is sort of a key to progress, a key to move forward in our relationship with God. And so I wanted to just uh, kind of do a little bit more on that, a, a little more uh, part two. I entitled it, you'll see in your bulletin, A Thirsty Soul, Psalm a chapter 42, put it up for me, and it says this, a very familiar passage that many of you have heard before. It says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? The psalmist is expressing a deep, deep thirst a deep desire for the things of God. We're all thirsty people, all of us. It's, it's a, it's a, just think about it in a natural way. It's like a natural appetite that, that it never goes away. You can only satisfy it for so long, right? Even if you take a drink right now, in fact, as I'm talking, you're probably going to get thirsty, right? But even if you take a drink right now, it's only a matter of time before you're going to want another one. Thirst just keeps coming back again and again and again. We need water. We need liquids. We need to drink. We all know that. And we need it regularly. We need it all the time. The drink that we had yesterday was good for then, but it's not going to do me any good today. Somebody said yes. Right? That's the truth. Right? In the natural sense and in the spiritual sense as well. It's just, uh, it, it's just like this natural thirst that we have. It's inside us. Uh, uh, we have this spiritual thirst as well. Some people don't have much, that's, great, that's for sure. But I believe that everybody has some in varying degrees. And only Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can quench that thirst properly. We try to fill it with lots of things, but the word is clear. We talked about it last week. He is the river of life. He is the one that bubbles up within our soul to bring that satisfaction that nothing else really can solve. And the writer of this psalm, he recognizes his thirst for God. He knows that he thirsts for God. He longs for it. He says, I, I long for you like a deer longs for water. And you could imagine deer in Israel running around in the desert on a hot day, how they longed for water. And this is this is image that he's looking at. This is how much, Lord, on a hot summer day and a deer running through, you know, uh, it's like those commercials where, you know, the guy's walking through a desert and he's eating dry potato chips, you know, and he and he gets to the guy who pops open a, you know, uh, hey, you, you guys, you, Daniel and Peter, you, 
you guys worked for Brio, didn't you? You worked, you worked, you guys, you were in the drink industry. Yeah, both of you guys were, is that correct? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, all right. Well, Daniel's saying yes. Peter, did you not work there too? All right, he's nodding. All right, all right. So you guys know about this. You crack open an ice-cold Brio on a summer day. And you go, this is thirst. He longs for God like a deer longs for water on a hot, dry, desert day. So the question always comes up again and again in our own lives. How thirsty are we? How thirsty for the Holy Spirit are we? How thirsty for the things of God are we? Now, I would be amiss to just let this go by without saying, this is Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone know that, right? I don't care who wins, to be honest. Don't. I'll watch. But one of the things why, it's a spectacle, right? But one of the reasons why non-football fans watch the Super Bowl is for the... Yes, the commercials. They always are the absolute best commercials ever. They, they, they break out, they show them all on YouTube the next day. They're like, every company saves their best ad for Super Bowl Sunday for the millions and millions of people that are going to watch it. They produce these extra special commercials. And so tonight, all the companies will be producing their best commercials. And all the drink companies, I'm sure there'll be some tonight, they'll be producing all of their best commercials. And they're going to try to convince us that their product is the ultimate answer for your thirst. Right? They'll show sometimes, you know, uh, well, I'm not even going to go there. Beer commercials are weird. I, I don't even sometimes know what they're trying to sell beyond like girls in bathing suits and swimming pools. But, but they're going to try tonight to try to convince you that their product is the ultimate thirst quencher. They'll say stuff like, this will crush your thirst. This will quench your thirst. This will conquer a man-sized thirst. Because somehow men are thirstier than women, I guess. I don't know. But they'll say all these things. But a, a couple of years ago, I shared this a couple of years ago, but... Uh, I, I pulled it out again this week. Uh, I wrote uh, a, a commercial, my own commercial, uh, about the Holy Spirit as a drink. And I, I read it to you a few years ago, but you probably forget. And if you're new, be blessed. Here's my commercial. This will be, this is better than any commercial you're going to watch tonight. All right? Well, not, not, not the creativity of it, but the, but the, but the content all right? The content, right? So I was thinking about the Holy Spirit as a drink, and I was dreaming, what would you say in a commercial to describe him? To be continually refreshed and empowered with no negative side effects, the Holy Spirit should be your choice. Just one drink, and you'll notice the difference in your life. He will leave you inspired, strengthened, and ready to face the day and every challenge that lies ahead. Drink deep 
and drink often. You will find yourself inviting others to drink with you. After all, when it's this good, you'll never want to drink alone. It's sugar-free, calorie-free, guilt-free, all natural, completely good for you. It contains 100% of everything you will need to not only survive, but to thrive with energy throughout the day. A good drink of the Holy Spirit every morning and your life will never be the same. But wait, there's more. This drink is completely free. That's right, completely and totally free. Shipping is included. The price has been paid for you and all you have to do is to, to receive it is just say yes and a full supply will be delivered to you straight to your door, 100% guaranteed. There's my Super Bowl commercial for you. Ah, he is the one. He is the one that will satisfy our thirst. He is the one. Every soul, every soul thirsts to some degree. At some point in our lives, we're going to get thirsty, spiritually speaking. We are rarely content, rarely content with our current condition. There's something in us that drives us for this, this longing for more. We, we, we earn money and we feel like we want more. We, we long for pleasure and when we experience it, we're looking for the next pleasure, the next high, the next deeper thing, the next greater thing. There's something in us that is always thirsty, always thirsty. And it, it just depends on what you're thirsty for, right? So I came up with three examples of of uh, thirst, and I'm going to share them with you today. I believe that people can be empty and thirsty, dry and thirsty, and satisfied and thirsty. And so we'll just walk through those briefly today. First, empty and thirsty. I was thinking about this is the thirst that describes somebody who doesn't know the Lord. They, they haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. They've never, they've never known the love of God in their life. And there's something empty on the inside. And until the Holy Spirit fills us with His presence, we are empty. All of us are. All of us were. Right? We are better with Him than without Him. Somebody said yes. That there's something better about having Him than not having Him. There's something empty that He fills. There's something empty that He satisfies. And without God, we're going to be constantly looking for something. Anything that helps us to fill this thirst, to, to, to quench this emptiness. People don't even know that they're empty. They don't know that they're thirsty. They don't realize it a lot of the times. But they're always looking for ways, right, to, or, or things to make their lives happy, to make their lives more meaningful, to enrich themselves somehow. We try to do it with education or jobs or money or possessions or friends or find a love or, 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 we, or, we, or we try to find all of our satisfaction in our family. It's not, just, it's not just running to drugs and alcohol and the bad stuff. There's a lot of good stuff that we try to satisfy our spiritual hunger with. A lot. We try all kinds of things 
But running to these things will em- uh, eventually leave us empty. And, and this empty feeling inside, I believe, is nothing but a spiritual thirst that is unquenched. That's what it is. And so, you know, I mean, everybody feels it to some, to some degree. Some people don't admit it. Some people don't think about it. They just get too busy and they don't worry about it. But in moments of reflection, there's a lot of empty, thirsty people in our world. Even, you know, that just popped into my head. I can't get no, but I try, and I try, and I try, and I try, but I can't get no. He can't get no satisfaction. He's got all the money in the world. He's got all the girls he wants. He's got all the booze, the drugs, the wealth, the fame, the power. And he still sings, and he needs to retire. But my goodness, I can't get no satisfaction. Not all bad things we long for. They're not all bad things but they have their limits, and we're running to the wrong well. This is it. Look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 2. This is what God said. For my people have done two evil things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And here's the second thing. They have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Not only do we reject God and we don't look to him for our needs, but we are now trying to meet all of our needs, our spiritual emptiness on our own. And he's saying, look, you're digging wells that can't hold water. You're going to leak. It'll only satisfy you for a very short period of time. Our dug cisterns, our money, jobs, everything else that we try to fill this this spiritual longing on the inside, but they only satisfy for a short period of time. Jesus said the stuff, all of this stuff, the good, the bad, everything in between, it will ultimately leave you empty. He is the river of life. He is the bubbling spring that we need to fill that hole. He's the gap filler that we need. And look what he said in John chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give, will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. See, the empty soul will never be satisfied with stuff, with money, with relationships. It's going to eventually run into a dead end, one way or the other. And the Holy Spirit has to reveal to the empty people in our world and in our lives That there is only one long-term answer. Come on. And his name is. He's still the answer, folks. As we pray for those around us, as you're praying for those that you know, as you're praying for family members and friends that need the Lord, listen, one of the keys I believe in people finding God is you ask the Holy Spirit to increase their thirst and to increase their dissatisfaction with all the broken wells that they've dug. 
with all the water that they're trying to drink, with all the things that they're relying on. They've got to come to a dead end and say, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this, and nothing seems to quench that thirst on the inside. This is how we can pray for people. Ask the Holy Spirit to increase their thirst and to increase their dissatisfaction with all the broken wells that they're running to find water in. So that's empty and thirsty. Second, dry and thirsty. This is different. Dry and thirsty, I see this is a thirst that a lot of believers have. People that know the Lord, people that love the Lord. We're thirsty. We know him. We've experienced him. But yet we find ourselves in a dry, dry place. We know the Lord. We know his goodness. But somehow we have walked into a dry place spiritually and we need a fresh touch of the river that we talked about last week. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. But it's very clear that we leak and we get dry sometimes. Paul reminded us in Ephesians chapter 5, put it up for me. He said, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled there means continually be filled, always be filled, always be filled. This, this is Paul saying, look, I know, I'm human too. I have these great moments where my life is great, I'm feeling God, you know, everything is great, and then all of a sudden life hits me, things take a left turn, I don't feel his love like I used to. I know he's with me, but I just can't feel it. I don't know, you know, it's, it's, that, it's, it, it's that dry desert experience that we all walk through from time to time. And he's saying, listen, don't be foolish. Don't run to other wells that will leave you dry. Run to the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he's the bubbling spring, right, that continually refreshes us. And so... This is where we find ourselves sometimes. We get dry spiritually. And I was thinking of a couple of ways. How do we get dry spiritually? How does this happen to us? Well, a couple of things. One is I think sometimes we can get spiritually dry by drinking too much of the world and too little of the river of God. Sometimes it happens to us. It can happen to any of us. You know when we get so focused on, our, on just stuff, it doesn't, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be evil stuff. It's just stuff. We get focused on worldly stuff, responsibilities, blah, 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 things that happen, what the world has to offer. And then sometimes we get caught in a sin that, that leads us astray. Sin always dries us up, by the way, always leads you to a desert place. Always will, always has. So that's, that's, that's an obvious one. But like, even if our, the worldly stuff that we're ingesting is not all bad, we're filling ourselves up. Check this out now. This is an important point. We're filling ourselves up, and we're leaving no room for the things of God. Do you understand? 
We fill ourselves up, not necessarily with evil things, but we're full. And all of a sudden, we're not thirsty for the things of God. Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. I was there. One year, many moons ago, we decided to take a family holiday, and uh, Blaine and Cheryl, who some of you know um, that go to this church, they love to cruise. And so they invited us to go on a cruise with them when their boys, they have four boys and we have three boys. And so you can imagine when seven boys get together, it is like rock and roll, like watch out, baby. It is not a place that you want to be. But on a ship, it's amazing. You just sit on a lawn chair and let them go wild. Yeah. We go on a cruise together, all the, both of our families, and the seven boys. And there was a day when it was in the afternoon, and you know how you get ready to go into the, uh, um, the dining room for a beautiful meal. If you've ever been on a cruise, you don't want to miss the dinners. They're lovely and beautiful. Anyway, we find out, we get into, a, get into a, a meal one day, and several of these seven young boys who shall remain nameless, Carter, um, and a few others, they didn't seem to be that hungry at dinner time. They had discovered something. There was soft ice cream machines and free pizza on every deck. And by the time they had partaken of five or six pieces of pizza, five, six, ten, or twelve soft ice cream cones, and then they walk into the dining hall, they weren't that hungry. And I remember we, it, we, we laughed, it was fun, you know. But I remember multiple times one of the parents, one of the four of us, would say something like, don't fill up with junk. It's going to ruin your supper, right? You, you could hear it, right? It's just, you know, it, it's just your responsibility to say it. You know what I'm saying? You just say it so you know you've said it, right? But here's the thing. I got thinking about that today, about filling ourselves up with stuff, right? It's like filling ourselves up with junk food on a cruise, and not being able to enjoy the real meal. We can't drink too much of the other stuff. Do you understand? When you can experience something so much more, we get filled. We're filled. We're constantly being filled with stuff. And when we're filled with stuff, there is no room for the work of the Spirit. We've got to stay in the river. We've got to stay in the river. We've got to stay in the river. We talked about last week that in the river it starts gently. He's, he's ankle deep and then he's knee deep and then he's waist deep and then he's swimming in it. And it's more than enough. But it's our choice about how far into the river we want to walk. How much do we want to get in there? For it's more than you'll need. But you've got to participate. You've got to be thirsty for it. You've got to go after it. And when we fill ourselves up, We have no room for the best. And the other stuff leaves us dry. It is nutritionless. It will not sustain us. And so be careful. 
about getting too much of worldly stuff and not enough of Jesus in you. We get too filled with stuff and it hurts us. Another way, quick, is I think another way we get spiritually dry is actually by getting physically and mentally tired. Just we're exhausted a lot of the times. I, I can't tell you how many people I meet and I see, and the first thing you say is, hey, how are you doing? I'm so tired. So tired. Heard that? So tired. See, the Lord put into practice right from the very beginning that a Sabbath, a day of rest, was needed for all of us if we were going to operate at peak capacity. We can't operate properly when we're tired, physically or mentally. We all need a time when we can physically and mentally and emotionally rest. See, when we're tired constantly, guess what that does? It steals your spiritual desire. It steals your thirst for the river. Because you got, you got no time for it, and then you got no energy for it. Oh, I can't go to church. I'm too tired. I, I can't just like, read a good book that will, you know, uh, on discipleship or something that will enrich my soul. Oh, I just got I'm too tired. I got too much to do. Oh, I can't get to small group. I, I can't. I'm just so tired. I got so much stuff to do. I just, oh, I need a break. And then, our, and then we rejuvenate by watching the box in front of us for four hours. And then we get up and somehow the next day we're going to feel better. And we know we don't. We're tired. Physically and mentally and emotionally tired. And we all need a time when we can get rejuvenated. When we are tired, listen, it will steal and suck every spiritual desire out of your life. You will not be thirsty. You'll be tired. You'll have no spiritual want to because you'll have nothing left in the tank. It starts with physical and mental exhaustion, and then before long, it will extend into your spiritual life and you'll be done. If you're physically exhausted, it will not be very long before you are spiritually dry. That's how it works with all of us. Nobody, nobody is, is immune to it. Busyness and hurry and overloaded schedules are something that the enemy is really happy about. I just want you to know that. He's, he's jacked about that. Run around like a chicken with, a head, with your head cut off. Run around. Do it all. And at the end of the day, it, robs, it's, it just robs us of everything. It steals our joy. It steals our peace. It steals our connection to God. It makes us dry and miserable and complaining. It makes us ineffective in our service for the kingdom of God. We've got to stay in the river or we're going to get dry. And you've got to find times of rest or you're going to get dry. You've got to do something that will rejuvenate your soul. And this is so important. So many believers live their lives right here, dry and thirsty. You've known the Lord. You've had moments where you've felt His love. But right now, right here and right now, you feel dry and really thirsty. 
And there is a river, hallelujah, that flows from deep within that can bring what we need. So dry and thirsty. And here's where the last is this, satisfied and thirsty. Now here's where we all need to be as believers. This thirst, now it seems like, I wrote down I think in your notes, it seems like a paradox uh, when, you, when you look at it. How can you be satisfied and thirsty? doesn't seem to make sense. It's like I'm full, but I'm hungry, right? Well, welcome to the Bible. It's a book of paradox. When I'm weak, then I'm strong, right? This, he, this is another one of those. He's saying, this is where you need to get to, believer. You need to be satisfied and thirsty. It seems like a paradox, but it's actually true. Someone can be satisfied and yet still be thirsty. And this is the deal. A person finds God. They find that satisfaction that they haven't found in any other well that they've dug, in any other resource that they've run to, in any other person or in any other thing. They found something in God. They felt his love. They felt his touch. They felt his power. He has changed us, transformed us, renewed us, made us better. He has encouraged us, given us joy, peace, power, and hope. And yet... I want more, right? There are many biblical examples of people who knew God deeply, who experienced him in a great way, but yet they wanted more. There's so many examples, but let me just give you two, one from the Old and one from the New Testament. Moses is... I was thinking about Moses about as a man who really hungered after God, really thirsted after the things of the Spirit. He, he's, he leads his people, you know, and all the stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he's up on the mountain. He's experienced God in deep ways. His face was shining with the radiance of the anointing of, of God. And yet, right, what's one of the, the last things he says when he's on that mountain? He says, Lord. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. He'd already known his glory. He already knew his love and his power. But he was hungry for more. He was satisfied and yet thirsty. There's so many others. Paul is a good one in the New Testament. And put up for me Philippians because of Philippians 3. This passage so encapsulates the life and the passion and the thirst for God in Paul's life. It, it says this, I was circumcised, this is Paul speaking, when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. 
and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. He, this is, a, again, a famous passage of Scripture, but you can just, you can feel it just drips passion, right? He's, he's writing these or probably dictating these to a scribe, and he's saying, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. He's a man who already knew him. He's a man who had experienced unbelievable touches and moments in God. He had prayed for people who had been made well. He had encountered Jesus supernaturally on the road to Damascus, had been made blind himself, and then healed. He had had started countless churches. He had seen thousands of people get saved. He had discipled all kinds of people. He was flowing in the anointing and the richness of God. And yet he writes to the Philippians, I want to know him. I want to know him. You see his thirst. He's satisfied, but yet thirsty. He knows that there's no other well that he can drink from, but yet he wants more. Paul already knew the power but says, I want to know Christ. It's one of the most remarkable passages of passion in the Bible. He's satisfied, but yet still very thirsty. He wants to know Jesus more, and he wants to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in a greater measure. How thirsty are you? If you don't know the Lord, you're empty and thirsty, whether you know it or not. And you've been running around trying to fill your life with stuff to fill the hole that only God says he can ultimately fill. If you're a believer here today, are you stuck in the dry and thirsty mode? And what are you doing to get yourself out? Don't fill yourself up with junk and miss the best stuff. He's better and will enrich your life, believer. You have known the touch of God. All of you in your lives, if you're a believer, even as I say these words, you think of a time in your life when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the power of God was touching you. It might have been around a front, uh, an altar time. It might have been in your car. might have been in your home. might have been when you were reading the Bible or listening to a song. But you absolutely knew that all of a sudden the presence of the Holy Spirit was on you, around you, and in you. This is where we need to get back to. So are you empty and thirsty? Are you dry and thirsty? Or are you satisfied and thirsty? Look at the quote that I put down uh, in your bulletin on the sermon notes. It's a quote by A.W. Tozer, and it's a very powerful quote that I I wanted to include it. Stick it on your fridge, will you? 
Let it just speak to you over the next week. But he said these words. Oh, God. I have tasted your goodness. And it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I long to be filled with longing. And I thirst to be made thirsty still. That just gets me. It's such an awesome prayer. Such an awesome, an awesome desire. So, may the Holy Spirit help us to be people who are satisfied and thirsty. May He help us to be men and women who find our satisfaction in Him, but yet long for more of His presence. There is more. There is more. And the ultimate question is, is this all there is? There must be more than this. And the strong, ringing answer is yes, there is more. The river is deep. The river is wide. The river is long. Jump in it. Get off the banks. Find refreshing. Find the satisfaction for your soul that you need. Get to the place where you need to be. He is the only one and the only thing that you need to rely on. Everything else is just gravy. But when you have Him, you have it all. He makes us rich. He makes us, He just makes life worth living. He gives us purpose and meaning. He gives us hope for now and for the days to come and into eternity. His love is forever. It is high. It is deep. It is wide. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is for us, not against us. He doesn't condemn us, but He saves us. It is who He is. It is what He wants for us. How thirsty are you? We must be people of God who find our satisfaction in Him but yet long for more of His presence as the deer pants for water. So my soul longs after you. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.